Our scripture reading for today's message comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 12 to 34. And our message today is entitled, The Meaning of the Resurrection. This is the Lord's word. Now, if Christ is proclaimed as raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain and your faith is in vain. We are even found to be misrepresenting God because we testified about God that he raised Christ, whom he did not raise if it is true that the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. Then those who have fallen asleep in Christ, well, they have perished. If in Christ we have hope in this life only, we are of all people most to be pitied. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For as by a man came death, by a man has come also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ shall all be made alive, but each in his own order. Christ the firstfruits, then at his coming those who belong to Christ. Then comes the end, when he delivers the kingdom to God the Father after destroying every rule and every authority and power. For he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. For God has put all things in subjection under his feet. But when it says all things are put in subjection, it is plain that he is accepted who puts all things in subjection under him. When all things are subjected to him, then the Lord, then the Son himself will also be subjected to him who puts all things in subjection under him, that God may be all in all. Otherwise, what do people mean by being baptized on behalf of the dead? If the dead are not raised at all, why are people baptized on their behalf? Why are we in danger every hour? I protest, brothers, by my pride in you, which I have in Christ Jesus our Lord. I die every day. What do I gain if, humanly speaking, I fought with beasts in Ephesus? If the dead are not raised, let us eat and drink, for tomorrow we die. Do not be deceived. Bad company ruins good morals. Wake up from, from your drunken stupor, as is right, and do not go on sinning, for some have no knowledge of God. I say this to your shame. May the Lord bless us in the reading of his word. Good morning, everyone. Let's say hello to one another once again. Look around and say hello to these beautiful people to your left and to your right. Look at these people who God has made and God has created. I hope you like each other for the most part, but even if you don't, the Lord knows your heart and the Lord will give you strength to love and to love well. Praise be to him. We come together worshiping him on this day of resurrection. This day where we celebrate when Jesus Christ himself rose from the dead. And in his resurrection, all things have changed in history. 
And what I want to sort of pursue today in this passage is the meaning of the resurrection. And what I hope that this passage can change in you is to live by that power and to live by that grace. We as people created in God's image, we live for beauty. We live for things that are beautiful, that touch our hearts. We live for something that we see and we can say, that is beautiful. For something that we eat and say, mm, that is the pinnacle of deliciousness. To hear music that takes you to a different place. To see the Grand Canyon or see the, the stars, the Milky Way for the first time and say, wow, look at those lights bright above. Surely, surely I was made for something beautiful. But we all know that after we see what is beautiful, it sort of fades into the background. And we look for something else to, that will recreate that joy in us, recreate that sense of transcendence to know that we were created to be in awe of someone or something. You know, many people will say to their children, enjoy music, but don't be a musician. And there's a reason for that. When we look at sort of the pop stars of the 1980s, I'm an 80s kid. And when you sort of look back at, at these famous uh, 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 singers and artists of the day, you can see that when they're in their music, they reach the pinnacle of joy, of hearing the, the songs and the lyrics that they make. You can see when they do their concerts, people are just enjoying themselves to the utmost. But when the music fades, even these musicians look for something to bring back that high, to bring back that experience once again. For what us as Christians, we have to understand that the beauty that we see in Christ, the beauty that we see in knowing him, is not simply a feeling or an emotion. The resurrection is not simply a story for all the world to hear so that we can feel good about ourselves and feel good about the prospects that perhaps something that is dead could come back alive. We're not here to simply say to our hearts, this is a great analogy. This is a great way of, of looking at life, that there are perhaps dead things in our lives, perhaps dead relationships, or things that have, have gone to waste in our lives, that maybe we ourselves, with the help of friends and family, can recreate it and restore that which was lost in our lives. It is more than simply a paradigm. And in fact, for we as Christians, when we have joy in Jesus himself, but we lose the intellectual understanding behind what God has done, our joy in Jesus will fade away as well. And in fact, like these 80s rock stars, you will look to something else to fill that void. 
for us as Christians, our joy exudes because of a truth. And this truth stands firm. And this truth is the fountain of all of our peace, all of our joy. It gives us the strength and courage to love. It gives us the strength and courage to suffer. And in the end, when we look to Jesus, he is not an example, is he? He's not simply another religious paradigm, is he? He is truly the son of God who loved us and died for us. He is the one who has betrothed himself to us. And we, through the Holy Spirit, a mystery that none of us can fully fathom, we know that we belong to him. And in so doing, knowing the very nature of what Jesus has done, we live in this life as bright, shining stars, a fuel that can never be consumed because of our love of Christ can never, ever be consumed. And so today, it may sound, seem prosaic to some of you who live the Christian life, but today, let us go and see what Jesus has done. In verse 12 through 13, Paul argues with the church in Corinth, the church, the church. He argues with the people there and says, listen, we have proclaimed that Christ has risen from the dead. But there are some of you out there who do not understand what it means that someone has risen from the dead. We are saying to you that there was a time in history not too long ago where there was this man named Jesus of Nazareth. You know who he is. You've heard the stories that he taught about the kingdom of God that was to come, that the kingdom of God was near, that you had to repent and come near to the Lord and the Lord will forgive you. You've heard that story. You heard that he was, he was uh, persecuted by his own people. You heard that he was brought up in trial. You heard that he was crucified on the cross. And you heard that he, was, he, he, he died and was buried. But you've forgotten something. On the third day, The women went to tend to his body, but the stone was rolled away. You forgot that when they looked into the tomb, the body was gone. And you forgot that even then, they thought to themselves, someone took the body. It's gone. Please tell me who took the body so we can, we'll go and get it. You'll, you don't have to tell me why you did it. Just, just bring me the body. And the angel of the Lord, Jesus himself, appeared to them and said, Why are you looking for the living among the dead? And they recognized him. It was their Lord, Jesus himself. 
They ran back to the disciples. The disciples didn't believe them. But after much persuasion and after seeing Jesus himself, they realized Jesus has risen from the dead. And even they were incredulous about it because they did not yet understand what Jesus meant, that the temple must be destroyed and in three days I will raise this temple again. But once they saw Jesus face to face, everything clicked. Everything made sense. They realized that the sorrows that they had in their hearts could only be assuaged by the resurrected Christ and joy filled them. They realized that their expectations of the Messiah when, Je- when they were with Jesus, the joys, the ups and downs that they felt, that that could only be made complete, the, the emotions, the closeness to God with the resurrected Christ. Because the resurrected Christ means, as our brother Pastor Kida preached, means that Jesus himself has took away the final and only barrier to our infinite joy in him and our infinite joy in this life. And that is our sin. The brokenness of this world. Brothers and sisters, the reason why we seek beauty in this world over against truth and falsehood in this postmodern world is because truth and falsehood means that we have to reorient our hearts to, to find something that was once beautiful, ugly, or something that was once ugly, beautiful. We seek beauty itself, however we might want to define it, in order for our emotions to well up. These disciples were no different before before they understood the resurrected Christ. They wanted a Jesus who would change history now. But Jesus did something different. My resurrection is not only going to reorient your sense of aesthetics of what is beauty, but it's going to reorient it in such a way that it is grounded in the truths that all of us are lost in this world that all of us have sinned against the Lord, that all of us have sinned against each other, that all of us know that deep in our hearts that there is no good in us, but that simultaneously all of us know in our hearts that we seek for something that's eternal. And those longings that are deep down inside of, of the very fabric of what it means to be a human, that the only person who truly understood and restored us was Christ himself. And in his resurrection, all of you who believe in him have been made whole. And there is joy 
in your heart. Now, as we go through the rest of this passage, you will see that Paul just talks more and more theologically. It's like you are the, Jesus is the second Adam. First Adam himself failed by not obeying the Lord completely. And in this disobedience, he deserves nothing but death. We needed a second Adam. We needed a new family tree for humanity to come underneath, that they may be saved from this death. And that's why Jesus came. Jesus came to live that perfect life. And after he lived that perfect life, Jesus laid down his life in in atonement for all of our sins, all the wrongs that we did against the Lord. Jesus died, and we, we switched places. What was our sin and penalty, we gave to Jesus. What was Jesus' righteousness, he gave to us. And all of a sudden, we've moved from this lineage, and we married it to the, the family of God, and we're now in this lineage. And because Christ is our, our Savior, all of you who believe in the Lord have a new family, a new sense of truth. And in that sense of truth, a love for a Lord, a power to live that is beyond our own ability and our own senses. Let me put it this way. I've never had pets growing up. I'm allergic but don't worry, if you have pets in your house, I'll still visit. I'm, I'm okay with that. As long as I don't sleep over, I'm okay. So don't, don't think anything of that. But I had a friend who had a pet, and that pet had run away. He, we were about 10 years old. Okay? He had a dog that ran away. It was a, a, board, a border collie. Believe it or not, I don't know why a border collie would run away. And he was devastated. Absolutely devastated. I remember, because in my day, we just went over to each other's house because we were in the same neighborhood. You know, you just, you just walk over. And we played every day. And every day, he was just, just miserable. For him, his border collie, his dog, was his life. And because it had ran, ran away, to him, it was as if the dog had died and was gone. And he lived his life as if. That dog was gone. We would play video games together. I would never win. I've won for like the first time. And so part of me was like winning video games. But sometime later, it's a border collie. The dog came back. The dog came back. And his countenance changed. Even as a 10-year-old kid, you could see. He was happy. He was beating me at video games all over again. And you can see the joy in his face. Because what was once in his eyes dead is now alive again. The simple truth of, of, of a relationship, of a relationship with an animal, allowed this young child to, to come to life again. Now, this analogy falls really short. But even for us who, 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 who understand that, that our hearts are meant to enjoy a relationship with, with another being, even, even an animal. That when Jesus rose from the dead, 
Jesus is alive and well. That he is in your presence at this very moment. And our joy should overflow in knowing that not only is he present now in this age, but in the age to come, we will be with him face to face. Now, if Christ didn't resurrect from the dead, all this is nonsense, as, as, as Paul says. But you who know the Lord, we live because he is alive. He is not buried in the ground. And we rejoice. There's nothing more beautiful in being human than in worshiping God and enjoying him. There is nothing more beautiful than to have in sync the truths of philosophy, the truths of reason, the truths of scripture, and the fruits of joy, peace, love, the ability to enjoy the beauty of all things in sync with one another. That's why you were created. In many ways, what sin, what we can think about as sin in, in our lives today is when those two things are out of step. Either our notion of beauty shows us that we don't have truth, or our wrongful truths that sometimes will bring out different things that we shouldn't be rejoicing in. But when those two are in sync with the message of the gospel is when we feel fully, fully human. Brothers and sisters, today is Resurrection Sunday. Jesus is alive. Jesus is alive. Do not live as if he is still buried. Do not live as if you have no hope. Do not live as if there is no future. Do not live as if your presence is present is not good. Do not live as if, as if your past holds you down or defines you. Live in light of knowing that he is alive. Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for your grace and your mercy. Lord, we thank you that you are alive, that you are live amongst us, that your Holy Spirit, Lord, has given us new hearts to see you. Father, I pray for all of us here who are in, in attendance, that you, Lord God, would once again reorient our eyes towards you. May our joy only be found in you. May, Lord, our joy be based upon the risen Lord himself. And may we now, as always, Lord, seek to love you, to love our brothers and sisters in Christ, and to love a world that needs to hear that you, God, have come to save. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.